0: podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Rewatch Projects with Hannah and Mike. I am Mike and with me as always is Hannah. How are you, Hannah? Uh. <laughs> dare I ask that question has started to take on a, a macabre uh...
2: I'd just like to preface this by saying I'm generally a very healthy person Yeah. but quite frankly my body can fuck off lately
1: um, if the body is a temple bo- Hannah's body is the temple of doom <laughs>
2: yeah it <laughs> really is <laughs> so I ended up in hospital again on Tuesday Yeah. Uh, because
1: uh, you put had, your back out didn't you yeah basically?
2: I had a bit of a sore back on Monday and on Tuesday it was feeling a bit worse so I thought oh I'll go and get a wheat bag so I went and bought one of those and came home left the front door open, kids are running around having a lovely time heated the wheat bag up went to sit down on a chair and my back spasmed and gave out and I fell on a bed and that is where I stayed um, I Until
1: to, the ambulance came Yeah, <laughs> I had to, to call a part. friend to
2: come over Because, you know, uh, there was no responsible adult around
1: Because I was at work Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> this um,
2: And yeah, I had to get the ambulance to take me to hospital
1: Yeah, so that was all a bit of fun I mean, I, I, long-term listeners will know that Hannah had recently had leg surgery So I think It's reasonable to say, without getting into too much. My other podcast becomes the sort of malady of the week show. Sometimes Hmm. getting to that age and all that, but uh, I think clearly what's happened here is that the, um, you know, the body is a house of cards, and if you remove one card, other things fall. So it's the classic thing of you know if you, um, if you're putting. If you can't put much weight on one side of your body, shit starts to go wrong with the other side of your body. And this seems to be a bit of a knock-on effect of uh, Hannah's recuperation from the former uh, yeah. injury, unfortunately. Uh,
2: I'm on all of the drugs, yeah, um, just everything. Yeah, um, And uh, got my fingers and good toes crossed that uh, it'll
1: ease soon yes and also it means that hannah is quite limited in movement at the moment as well which might slightly affect the quality of the recording of the podcast because w- there's no leaning into the microphone uh, no, going I, on here it's
2: uh, it, it's pretty hard even just to walk to the toilet with crutches yeah so um yeah sorry if i'm a bit quiet or
1: sound a bit weird i sound a bit drugged yeah but uh, no okay so um yeah so that's our, our health update um I, I touch wood <laughs> I mean if uh, the mic goes down we're fucked yeah yeah basically well I think we'll just say well you know we gave this whole life thing a, a jolly good try um, I guess we just <laughs> work it out for it, you know. Yeah. Good luck, everyone else. Um, but they no, like any... bugs Malone alone. The kids will be the adults. Well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> they, they uh, God, by the time we get to that. But, uh, but anyway, no, we, we are here to um, talk about Marvel's Agents of Shield. Uh, before we do that, though, just a quick reminder that we are part of uh, We Are Pod Syndicate. That's the Pod Syndicate podcast network. Uh, we are Pod and you can find other shows such as uh, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, vs. Spencer The Iron Sequel and uh, entertainment landfill over there so please go and check them out and um also we are on social media namely instagram and twitter at rewatchproj that's rewatch p-r-o-j and you can email us at rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com of which we have one don't we hannah so should we, we get do today?
2: um we do i will just preface this email by saying I have read it, um, and it's excellent.
1: Oh, it's just got spoilers. It, it, it? it
2: has got some spoilers for
1: season three. Okay, well in that case, shall we do that at the end of the show then?
2: Probably a good idea. Yeah. But I do want to flag up to listeners that once you've once you've finished season three, please go back and listen to this email because it is really interesting and I think it would be a shame if you've missed out on hearing all about it.
1: Yeah. Um, so maybe even yeah. we should try and set a reminder to ourselves to read it out again when we get to our season three wrap up episode at the end. Yeah, that would be a good uh, idea because I think it's only really spoilers for that season,
2: it's only season three yeah, spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: uh, we'll do that at the end of this show, but then we might um come back and uh um revisit this or maybe just pull the audio and put that in that episode yeah. as well, just because it's a big ask for people to remember <laughs> yeah, to come yeah. back and the yeah, app, absolutely. but completely reasonable. But uh,
2: the reason I say that is because uh silver surfer has taken the time to write in with all of this and and it's i, I just i don't want to do him a disservice by some people missing out on hearing yes, about it because it, it's really interesting
1: yeah yeah okay well in that <laughs> case um please tell us about the episode that we're going to be talking about tonight sure
2: okay so <clears throat> this is episode six of season three the title is among us hide um the synopsis says the stakes get higher as May and Hunter pursue Ward and Hydra. Coulson thinks the ATCU could be keeping a big secret. It is directed by Dwight H. Little.
1: Okay. Um, television Stalwart. I think he's yeah. done some X-Files and probably Prison Break. Knowing. Uh,
2: yeah, executive produced Broken Arrow. Wow. Um, and written by drew greenberg oh
1: yes yeah good sort of a collaborator from, yes uh, way back when
2: absolutely um so yes that's our episode we are ready to when did this first air
1: um let me have a look
2: november the 3rd 2015.
1: wow okay cool okay well um as we're gonna be doing a little bit of feedback at the end of the show let's uh, let's not piss about and we will watch the episode and then we will come back and do initially at least non-spoiler discussion and then we'll do a little bit of spoilery stuff at the end um bit of handsy stuff at the end uh (laughs) where we will get to that feedback as well so uh we will see you back here in what will be 45 minutes for us but no time at all for you
0: ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Putting put four or five-year-olds in front of this movie it's like if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it they're
2: going to know it after it and they're going to be
0: freaking terrified and they're it. going to be questioning you yeah. or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one is a cold dead heart?
1: Yeah the Dark Knight has got like all the
2: orphans and like oh no we're going to die they did not build up those orphans at all in my head it was like kill them
0: Then look no further, the His Film Home Movie Podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Swear you'll listen to the good, the bad, and the odd. The good. He has the cruelty of Jack Nicholson's Joker, the wit of Mark Hamill's Joker, and the laugh of Cesar (laughs) Romero. The bad. He's bald, he's got a cat, he lives in a volcano. What else you need? And the odd. I've I've seen seen bits of it, it's really stupid. Swear to me just a couple of guys talking about movies. You can find us on www.thegoodthebadandtheodd.com What a beautiful podcast. And we are back. So we have just finished watching uh, the episode Among Us Hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title of that makes more sense now we have watched the episode. <laughs> uh, so Hannah, what were your thoughts on this one?
2: Um, I I like this episode. I It's it's probably not one that's going to be your standout, oh, my God, kind of episode. Of the ap- apart from... Armaged. the Amagad, <laughs> yeah. It's the Berg. It's the Berg. Um, it's Lush. Yeah, it's Bjorn Berg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, the reveal at the end is, is pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> just in terms of the episode in general, I would, I would class this as... as um, it was fine. Mm. Like I would give it a six and a half, seven out of ten.
0: Okay.
2: Um, what about you?
1: No, I really liked it. It was. Um, it's funny. I mean, and this isn't a, a criticism of the show or the episodes as much as just as, as much as just an expression of personal preference. But I, I never liked Shield as much when it's more on the espionage side of things. Mm. I prefer it when it leans more into the science fiction. Yeah. Uh, and the genre stuff. And it's interesting that we've had probably the most sci fi episode they've done so far, followed by the most purely espionage one. Mm-hmm. So it's almost as though um, they've kind of separated out the white and the yolk. Yeah. You know, it, um, it's, it's like you've got these two episodes back to back which show the two things that the show does the most but really in their most kind of condensed Mm. form Yeah, and that makes sense I think it makes sense that if you had an episode where you're really pushing in one direction that you'd go back the other one but I think that the show itself and you know this isn't a spoiler this is a very broad thing but I think that I I feel comfortable saying that the show increasingly leans more into the science fiction and genre elements Mm. as it moves forward and I think that that they're kind of beginning to realise that at this point and when they do episodes like this where um, it is much more on the espionage side of things, I just get the feeling that their hearts aren't in it quite as much mm. and I think that one of the reasons for that is that this is a very character-driven show yeah, and I think that what science fiction allows you to do is to um, have these allegorical situations um, that explore the inner lives of the characters and put them outwards. Mm. Um, whereas I think that the spy genre is a narrative genre. Yeah. And much more of the work that the episodes do is around the mechanisms of that, the moving of things around the chess piece. Mm. And I just think that the show works better when it's the former. Having said that, I think this episode is really well put together. There's some great moments in it. And it's... Great performances by all the cast So definitely not... Knocking that. Well, well, the other thing is as well, and I think that this is something that's really easy to not. It's a bit like Hannah and I always not joke, but talk about how I'm a, I'm a film geek in the sense that um, I you know studied film at university. Mm-hmm. I read books about films. I had a very lonely childhood, basically. <laughs> whereas Hannah was, you know. Um, Doing competitive dancing and socializing and naturally, you know, having a life. Oh, uh, so it's one of those things where you know, and that doesn't mean that my opinion about these things mm-hmm. is better. It just it's a, it's a different perspective, you yeah. know. And um, I mean,
2: put it this way: you get you get really excited by one shots, and well, this is exactly it's what I shot.
1: This is exactly what I was about to say: is the fact that it's like um, the one shotter. I, you know, if I, I'll notice, like, obviously oh, it's a really long take and it's like, no, I'm, I wouldn't even have noticed that. But I still think that maybe on a subconscious level, you know, the, the scene would be more effective because of that. In the same way that, you know, a really good steady cam shot puts you in the perspective of a character. Now, you don't have to be sitting there thinking, oh, this is a steady cam shot, mm. to appreciate it. Um, but um, it can still work on you. But the reason I bring that up is that one thing I noticed about this episode, and again, it doesn't matter if you don't notice it, but it it's a very difficult thing to do. Every single character has stuff to do in this episode. Yeah. And when you figure that, you know, there are seasons of Star Trek where all Uhura did, you say, "Hailing frequencies are open, Captain? Mm. You know, that it's difficult. It's difficult to find something for your ensemble. But if you think about all of the principal characters and several guest characters as well, they all act actively contribute to the storyline. Mm. Um, and that's pretty impressive, you know, to actually have a, a sort of, not be sidelining people and giving yeah. them something to do. Yeah. So that was a good thing I know about this episode. But um should we get into it? I kind of love
2: just the comedy element of Hunter being at a really loose end
1: and just popping into just causing problems all kinds for of scenes all over the yeah. place. Was like, idle hands, I guess isn't you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well uh, yeah. I can we'll help do, that do the devil's work. <laughs> yeah. Um but um, okay so so we open up with um Andrew in um um injured and May um, trying to see him in hospital. And um, we, sit, we, we learn uh, in flashback what we will learn later is an unreliable, classic un- Hitchcockian unreliable narrator um, that a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent turned up to try and save him, but there was an explosion. May kicks off at Hunter because, I mean, if you, if you recall, um, gentle listener, that at the end of the um, last but one episode, I guess the point of falling out was Hunter and May were on the mission and she knew that Andrew was in danger. Mm. But Hunter was like, look, my mission is to take the shot, so I'm going to do it. And his thinking was, Ward's a douchebag. He's going to kill him or do whatever he's going to do anyway. Mm. Um, And he was right. But it's funny because May's kind of a hypocrite because she's saying to him, no, you just made this personal. You made... But aren't her personal feelings for Andrew... Mm. Interfering with her decision are. on that. Of course and they are. And it just seems a little bit hypocritical, really. Well, if if anything, I think out of the two of them, Hunter was in the right.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's the whole thing when May said, oh, this is too personal, in the previous episode as well. It's just a continuation of that hypocritical
1: behaviour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, behavior. yeah. Mm. Hunter gets kicked off the assignment really just for missing the shot. More yeah. than anything, you know, yeah. That's why. If he Coulson... killed him,
2: he would have been well, like Well, of course, was right like,
1: off. "Well, I gave you, a, I gave you a crack at it. You fucked it up, mm. um, you know." And he's not even that bothered about the should or shouldn't. He's more just the you fucked it up, mm. <laughs> you know, which is fair enough.
2: I love the bit when May's standing there, you know, in the legs apart stance. You know, camera zooming in. Camera zooming in, and then Korsak goes, oh you back?" And it's like, "Da da da." I'm
1: back. I love the what yeah, It's like what reminds me of one of my favorite trailers of all time. It's the trailer for the Simpsons movie. Where it starts, and it's like a shot of planet Earth. And it's like, you know, for 25 years they've been, you know, and it's all this build up. And the camera zooms in and it's going through the clouds. It goes through the atmosphere, goes through the clouds. You see it going to, you know, through the famous clouds in Springfield. And it comes to home and it just stops and it just looks up and goes, I forgot what I was supposed to say. <laughs> That's like the end of the trailer. <laughs> you can totally relate to it. Um but um then for so, you, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's is one episode when they're singing the Quickie Mart song and it points to one, he's like, I love the Quickie Mart, he loves the Quickie Mart, he points him, and he's like, I but a... oh. <laughs> 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 then it just goes on to the next person. <laughs> so yeah, Hunter gets kicked off the assignment and May does the uh you, you know, you bet your balls I'm back, you know. And um we see Von Strucker and I've forgotten as well that he was he was the kid in Unbreakable, wasn't he? The um the Bruce oh, Willis yeah. M night movie. Yeah. Um And he was a freaky looking fucker back then as well. And he's done that Hayley Joel Osmond thing of kind of being a weird adult, but not adult version of his child I feel like I've seen
2: him in something else as well. He's he's the kid who looks like he was always about to cry.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very sensitive soul. Um, May kicks off at Bobby, uh, or seems to, but really we learn it's just a ruse to see if she's mission ready. And it's that classic thing as well of like when somebody kicks off in these situations, he's like, oh, thank God that there's like a training mat here for us to sort yeah. of uh, you know um, around
2: and, and and when she says she's are on the team you know bobby looks extremely apprehensive about yeah. it
1: yeah but may's view and i can't remember if it's in this scene or later is she's like you know oh we've got these slight tests we've got all of that and she's like well you know you passed you know may's ass kicking test yeah. so uh, i guess you're you're, ready. i mean there's a kind of there's a bottom line there really isn't there you know you can either do it or you can't yeah and um so but um, Hunter tries to sneak on the mission by ingratiating himself with Bobby and she's like, no, 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 not going to happen. And as you say, that results in throughout the episode, the whole kind of like, you know, uh, idle hands of the devil's plaything. you know. Well, it's
2: just the way like um, Daisy and Mac are talking about we'll need someone to drive... You know, blah blah blah, and he just pops his head. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey guys,
1: can I join your crew? Uh, do you need toilet paper? Anyone <laughs> um, you know
2: want to play with me? are
1: <laughs> Um So uh, they figure out who Stricker is, uh, and then we see um, Powers Booth come into it. Uh, I love Powers Booth. He's one. I of love those... the
2: fact that his name is Powers. Booth. I know, I
1: know, no, not just Power Booth, but Power plural. Is uh, that
2: his? Stage name,
1: or is that his I actual don't know, I don't birth know. name? Um, I, I'd be curious to know. I mean, I always, my favourite Powers Booth performances um, as the lead villainous cowboy in Tombstone, he's right. great in that. Uh, he out heels Michael Bean in that film, and that's no small uh, skill. But it's interesting because his character um, first turned up in, I can't remember if it's Age of Ultron or the first Avengers film, but he was one of those, you know, those kind of uh, top brass people who appear on that big screen to Nick Fury in all of those kind of crisis moments. Yeah. Um, he was one of those guys. He was born Powers Alan Booth. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I happens. it's like now. Prince. Prince's name was Prince. You know, he wasn't, it's Prince Nelson. He wasn't born like, you know, Jeff Nelson or something and just decided that <laughs> I'm going to give myself like Jeff a, a, a royal name. <laughs> uh, yeah. My name is Jeff and I am Funky just doesn't yeah. think it's quite the same uh, <laughs> the Yeah, Powers who it does it? so yes yeah, so we see uh, Phil and uh, old uh, Bangs um, uh, Rosalind Rosalind um, Rosalind and uh, we see uh, we also see um, yeah, as you say in, Hunter's trying to ingratiate himself and the next person that he tries it with is Fitz like he's offering to help him out and um, obviously that's not really his uh, area of expertise no um, but they talk a little bit about Will and Hunter basically says, "Look, you know, he's kind of the competition, so it's odd that you're doing that." But, yeah. uh, You know, and he can't kind of relate to it's just that level of. Uh,
2: and I think the thing with um, Fitz is that you can see he's he's very much of the if you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it's yours. Yeah, yeah. Mentality like he wants. He wants Simmons and yeah. he wants to be with her, but he wants but to do it right. He wants he he only wants it if she wants it as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's pretty that's so admirable. Yeah, as yeah. A character. He's not going to like
1: trick her into it <coughs> or anything. No. And um, Sky talks to Andrew um, about Lash and you know wonders why she survived when so many mm. other people have um, have not. Yeah. And. Um, we, we see them looking with interest at this guy, Luther Banks, who's like the sort of shady, sort of villain in an early Statham movie-looking uh, ATC guy. Yeah. Um, and we learn that he was part of an anti-alien task force, and they're all like, well, of course he is, because he just looks like a you know, fucking fascist. Yeah. Um, Hunter continues to be bored and cause problems. May and Bobby scam their way into the safety deposit box area mm-hmm. that uh, was von Stricker's, and they trip an alarm. Uh, and... Bobby tries to kind of blag their way out of it. Yeah. Uh, And May will call her out on that a little bit later. Uh, But ultimately, that fails, and they end up having to escape through a more sort of you know visceral uh, um, way. Country-kicky way. Country-kicky way, yeah. Uh, So the rest of the team are tailing uh, Banks, um, and we learn that Rosalind has had a break-in. And I think it's funny. Coulson starts to do that thing where, you know, you you take a look at the person's apartment a little bit and get a sense Mm. of them. He comments on how many... um, Margaret Thatcher biographies she's yeah. got. And he sees like a, a baseball bat that's got signed by like Mickey Mantle and, mm. you know, various other luminaries. Um, and we, we've got the, um, you know, the, the rest of the team in the van watching uh, Luther. And uh, Hunter basically just, in a moment of boredom, you know, chucks a uh, handkerchief uh, all over his face and, go and goes and shoots him with an icer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and grabs him in. And, um, so basically yeah. they think that, that, that Banks might be Lash yeah, um, because he's been sort of in and around a lot of frequent, you know, lash it's been sightings.
2: Privy to a lot of information. Yeah,
1: and I like the fact that when they need some blood, uh, Hunter just punches him. And he's like, "There you and go, there's the there's blood." Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, maybe I do have some anger, you know, management issues." Um, we see Simmons kind of, you know, putting the shoe on the other foot and uh, psychoanalyzing Andrew. Yep. Um, uh, and then we see that. Um, Banks gets a text from a lab So they're like well okay well He's going to be out for a while We've, we've just you know drop boxed his blurred over to um, to um, Simmons So we've got a bit of time why don't we go and see what's going on in this lab mm. um, And Back at uh, Rosalind's house We see that nothing has been taken by the Burglars and, and Coulson basically starts To just sort of posit that Feels she, like it's been staged Yeah that he's been staged and that she's stalling And that she's trying to ingratiate himself you know uh herself. Burger's
2: from his favourite yeah. burger place. Yeah. Um he's really into baseball, you know, the baseball sign baseball vet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And he's just like, you know, you want me to like you. Um so they they um they start to think that Strucker is in Lisbon Um, We see the Powers Booth character give Ward a call Mm -hmm. uh, and tells him where Strucker is. And he kind of, he does a bit of the kind of, you know, the slight godfather. He kind of, you know, one day I will need a favour and I will call upon you and all this kind of stuff. Um, But anyway, they go over to Endotech. Um, They learn that Luther is not inhuman, which kind of buggers their theory. Um, Simmons reassures, um, sorry, Fitz reassures Simmons uh, that he will find Will. Um, and we see that he's been googling him yeah. as well. He's kind of you know doing that doing that thing that thing that we all do, um, but yeah. lurking. Yep, and and it's funny as well how um, th- there's a classic uh, Shield esque misunderstanding where they look inside and they see this guy in like a cryogenic gel, and it all looks very scary and dystopian. And Coulson's there, all like oh, yeah, yeah. slapping him on the back and all that. But the funny thing is. Have you noticed how she's like, he looks too happy about this. He's he's not sort of, you know, scolding her for it. And then the second that they turn the camera off, he's like, whoa, you can't believe you're doing this. And she's like, oh, for fuck's sake. It's
2: like proper TV trope,
1: isn't it? And it's just and so out of context. Like he's smiling and he's just like, yeah, that's a really impressive. Evil thing that you're doing. So yeah, so they've got a guy in a box um, in suspension gel. Well, he then goes on to argue the morality of what she's doing. And she kind of rationalises it as well. Um, And, you know, we've been programmed to not trust women with Bob's, uh, with Bob haircuts um, in genre television. But basically what what she's saying is, look, you know, they're waking up. It's a bit like X-Men. It's the whether you see this as a gift or a curse. Yeah, You know, that they're waking up. They don't know what the fuck's going on. If we can put them into suspended animation until we can cure them, um, surely that's fine. Mm. Uh, And then, you know, that's kind of it's similar to the argument that they're having in the last season as well mm. um and then he says to her oh you lost someone didn't you like it kind of occurs to him yeah um and they kind of share a little moment you they get know?
2: a little bit fluty-fluty yeah
1: yeah and Coulson at least seems at least to be um you know lowering his guard with her yeah. just you know a little bit um we see the Hydra guys torturing Strucker
2: um <laughs> I went mean to put Von Strucker tortured in my notes and it's Auto corrected to Bob Strucker. <laughs>
1: Bob Strucker tortured. One of my favourite one. My, one of my favourite auto-corrects, Apart from that one I told you the other day, where, where it was, uh, <laughs> um, I think everything's going really well. I'll speak to you soon. Cock off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one was uh, the, the place name Shirley getting changed to Shitley in a, uh, <laughs> a work text. But, um, so we see. Um, so May and Bobby go badass, basically, uh, but only
2: only after May's given her a talking to yes. about. And
1: and, it, and even then, it looks for a moment like Bobby is getting it is getting like oh, that kind of evil bald cockney geezer. Yeah, um, you know, gets her in the pool, but then you learn that she she calls back to the conversation she had earlier on with May, where May's like, "Look, you're as, at least as much of a badass as you were when I saw you in the academy." Um, but now you've got experience and mm. then she, she uses that as the line and I think it's funny as well because obviously she, she uses the, the two mini cattle prop things to yeah. execute you and then she does the spinny thing and puts them away I, that must be the first thing that they teach you in like Black Widow School They're like <laughs> right okay I 101 Flip them around how does, how to spin the baton whatever your baton weapon of choice is. You yeah, know, you've yeah. got to be able to do that. Yeah. So um yeah, so she spins the prodders. Um Strucker tells May about Andrew hulking out. Uh, or going out on the lash, as I call that transformation. <laughs> That'll mean nothing to anybody who no, hasn't lived it. in the UK. Um and basically he burnt the place um, at the end yeah. he he threw down the zipo as opposed to it just being part of this mm. uh this this it thing was him gone wrong who yep and um, and then we see the final the scene that we get is um, sky um, calling lincoln and andrew acts suspiciously but he's like oh, so what do you name him you just calling
2: lincoln we're, 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 I put we're. him down as logan
1: look my god he's beating all over the place isn't he <laughs> logan lincoln stamp, stamp yeah. champ. Yeah, it's all the same. Uh, and then, so we end on a bit of a ooh. So before we go into a slight spoiler section uh, where we will do a little bit of feedback, anything else you would like to say about this episode?
2: Um, no, I, I don't think there's a huge amount to say about this episode. It moves
1: things forward. It doesn't does. It
2: so. moves things forward perfectly fine. Um, yeah, I think the next episode is going to be a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh shall i tell you a little bit about yeah, it yeah go for it okay so the next episode is called chaos theory um and the plot says as daisy and the team try to protect inhumans a shocking truth is revealed about shield's biggest enemy with fitz's help simmons recovers information that could get them back through the portal mm, um back it, through the portal it is directed by david solomon oh yeah and right. written by the lauren le frank um, so I think I think that'll be a really good one because I seem to remember some pretty decent scenes between May and Andrew confronting yep. the whole lash. Yeah, thing. yeah,
1: that's going to up. I mean, yeah. it's funny. I mean, I, yeah. So I mean, just to wrap up before the uh, the spoiler section, I, I really like this episode. I thought it was some really good action in it. I think that it's a testimony to the show how uh, what a beast the show is. Just when it's doing its business as usual, when it's doing its BAU, mm-hmm. um, that. Even, you know, a functional episode like this still has great character interplay, great humour, great action sequences, um, really fun uh, character interactions. And as I say, using all of the cast as well, it's as though they just, when the the engine on a show is really running and really peaking, and you think about those shows, you know, you think about, like, um, sort of season three through season six of like friends Mm. or in fact season three through season six of pretty much any show where the shows are so good that all they have to do is turn up and do their jobs Mm. and it will be good and then if they turn up and really fucking go for it that's when you get the exceptional things Mm. and also there is a question of pacing as well i think that when you have like for example last week's episode was a really big ambitious episode you have to dial it back yeah. for an episode after that that's just you'll get indigestion you yeah. know if you don't um but no, i really enjoyed this okay so um what we're going to do now is um we're going to do a little bit of feedback um that um has some spoilers in it so if you haven't seen all of season three at least of marvel's agents of shield you might want to tune out now and come back um but if you have um then we will play it for you in a moment i will just say though for the people leaving and so I can get this out of the way. Uh, quick reminder to go over to wearepodsyndicate.com to check out all of the other shows there that I mentioned earlier on. Uh, also, email is very much appreciated at rewatchprojectpodcast.gmail.com. At and we are on Instagram and Twitter at rewatchproj, that's P-R-O-J. And if you listen to us on YouTube, then like and subscribe. So, uh, um,
2: Just one more thing about the feedback that we're going to read out now, just for listeners who are unable to listen to it before they finish season 3 I think Mike made a good suggestion We will replay the feedback When we do our season 3 sum up Yes. Just okay. so those who Haven't heard all the behind the scenes Stuff that's in this email They'll be able to listen okay, to it then cool. well, I haven't
1: heard this so I'll be really interested as well So yeah. uh, we will be back in just a moment <laughs>
0: Yeah I'm clearance level 6 I know that Agent Colson was killed in action Before the battle in New York Got the full report Welcome to Level Seven. Sorry, that corner was really dark, and I couldn't help myself. I think there's a bulb out. Okay,
1: Hannah, we got feedback. Who
2: is this from, and what is it? This is from Silver Surfer, who up till now has been commenting on our YouTube channel. Yes, Um, and we keep saying, Uh, send an email.
1: Yes, we really appreciate it. It's it's, um, Silver Surfer, who I assume is male. Knows his shit, I would say. Very much so.
2: Um, Okay, so the email is entitled AOS S3 Drama. Oh, goodness. Um, Hello there, fellow agents. I am the Silver Surfer. Hoping this email finds you in good health and spirits. (laughs) Hmm, well... Uh, my back would suggest otherwise but hey hey the thoughts there um i have been greatly enjoying your aos commentary and eagerly awaiting season four agents of shield is my favorite show of all time because i'm an old marvel 616 comics dork and i am fond of the first three phases of the mcu i start off with that because i also have some harsh criticism for the show i love especially season three. Not only is it heavily focused on Hunter and Lincoln, two of my least favourite characters, but it suffers from the drama behind the scenes I mentioned before.
1: It's funny, yeah, because we were saying that we got a feeling, not just from what Silver Surfer was saying, but you can tell that there was something going on. Mm. Like, I remember this from from seeing the season the first time, how it feels like it kind of changes direction at a couple of points, like there were some course corrections. Okay, so... He goes on to
2: say, it centres around Dylan Casey, or Dill- Dillian Casey, who plays Will the Astronaut, as this role was supposed to last all season. Oh. Brett Dalton was going to die and be done with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with season three, episode 10. Dillian was unfortunately dealing with a drug addiction at the time, oh. and he had a confrontation with one of the directors around episode nine. Brett was recast as Hive and Will was killed off in the next episode, Maveth. His entire arc with Simmons had to be ditched and all the build-up for the Hunter Bobby spin-off show, Marvel's Most Wanted, went nowhere as well. Chloe Bennett has even admitted that she wasn't happy with the writing of her character during the finale and her addiction to Hive arc wasn't fleshed out enough, which I agree. What I did enjoy was Brett Dalton as Neo Ward slash Hive Powers Booth as Gideon Malek, Blair Underwood as Lash, and Mark
1: Dacascus
2: as Guyera. Hope that adds some fun insight to your conversation. Looking forward to hearing me read this and thank you for your time and opportunity to talk out with you both. Sincerely the Silver Surfer. Love it. PS, you can save this for your following episode if you want, but what are both of your favourite comic characters? Mine are Zorro, Conan the Barbarian and of course The Silver Surfer.
1: Makes sense. What a great email.
2: Thank you so much. I, yeah, that I makes so, so that, enjoyed. Makes,
1: that makes so much sense. I,
2: I was so desperate to record because I read the email. I saw that it had come in. So I read it and I was like, OMG I really yeah. want to. Yeah, that makes put it. So, I mean, basically,
1: the, the thing is, if you think about the production schedule of a show like this, you know, where they film for like 12 hours a day, mm. um, seven days a week essentially, um, imagine what having a major arc. Just falling away, does you know? Just having to the fact, and I think that it's, it's a testimony to the show that it wasn't completely derailed. I mean, I mentioned earlier on about how this is one of the, this this is a show where when it's you know it's just sort of like you know it's cooking on gas the whole time. Mm. Uh, I think that the fact that they were managed to cut, to get anything even you know remotely coherent out when you've got this big dramatic through line mm. um, completely fucked up oh, Brett Dolan must have been happy though. yeah well they, they should have just got fucking Frank Grillo to replace the uh, astronaut guy it's I mean I feel sorry for the guy um, yeah I hope he turned out alright for me in the end
2: yeah I don't even know
1: what he's doing now yeah well yeah. let's not derail this yeah yeah
2: no I won't derail it um, yeah such such a good email yeah, yeah. and um, what's your what's your favourite comic book
1: well character? I've got a bunch of them um, Probably, the, the Marvel Conan the Barbarian is one of my favourites at the moment. I'm reading that at the moment, uh, like right now. Um, and, I mean, if we're talking comic book characters as in, in the comic books. Yeah. Um, Sand the Sandman. Um, okay. And also, probably, Christ, you know, this is really boring of me. But the original Stanley Steve Ditko, Spider-Man run from the 60s, they were the ones I grew up on. I mean, in the UK, where I'm from, um, we didn't get American comic books as they were released in, Amer- in America. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, you probably could, but there would be, like, niche stores. What we got were these oversized British versions where you'd get a bit of the comic book and then you'd get, like a colouring-in page, and mm. then, like, a crossword. There were, like, these magazines, more, mm. more yeah. than that. And then also the big thing as well was annuals, like, you know, those hardback annuals. Like the and Bino annuals. Yeah, but you get a bunch of the storylines in there as well. So when I read all of those original Spider-Man stories, um, like those ones from the 60s and the 70s, mm. um, they were mainly in annuals, you yeah. know, the, the, these sort of compilations. But I think the reason I always liked Spider-Man as a kid was, he was young, you know, I mean, he was older than I was, I mean, I, when I read them, I was like nine or ten, and he was meant to be like, you know, 15. Yeah. Um, but he was at high school, and it was, was the idea of the secret identity. Yeah. You know, the idea, and, and when you're young, you don't think about this. It's the same reason why Arsene loves the Hulk so much. It's the idea that, when you're a young boy, you feel awkward, you feel weak, because you're, you're meant to be, the super strong, and the idea that, they don't know, what I really they all think I'm this thing yeah. but I actually have all these skills mm. and these things that I can do that they don't know about mm. and I think that on a subconscious level that's tremendously appealing mm. to kids so I was always more I mean I liked, the, I liked Superman and Batman but, my, but Superman and Batman it was because of the Christopher Reeve film Batman it was because of the Adam West TV series mm. but as far as actually sitting down and reading comic books goes it was always Spider-Man for so me when I was a kid
2: the only comics I read as a kid and apologies because you're probably all going to vomit at me, um, were the Archie and Jughead ones. Well,
1: I don't think most of them were probably available in New Zealand. No, no, no. I don't even know if they're available here now, (laughs) to Um, be honest.
2: But I think the only other comic book character that I have, like, a big love for is the Incredible Hulk, and that's purely because our son is fully obsessed with him, Mm. and watching him play out all these scenarios like pretending to be Bruce Banner and then like he'll he'll come into the office while I'm working and he'll say to me mum kiss me on the air and I'll get really angry so he comes in and, and he acts it out and all, oh hi mum how are you and and I have to go oh hi Philip and oh let me give you a kiss on the air, and then he goes... And then afterwards, he'll walk
1: we, in all disoriented, like, oh, what happened?
2: Yeah, well, he he gets all angry and stuff, and he's, like, scowling at me, and he'll go, kiss me on the forehead. And then I have to kiss him on the forehead, and he goes, oh, oh, what happened? Oh, gosh, oh. And I have to go, oh, are you okay, Bruce? Well, you know where I mean,
1: it's like I've told you. I mean, I'll, I'll say it here because it's a superhero thing, but, like, when I was a kid, I was really obsessed with Spider-Man, and a lot of that came from the the live-action TV series in the 1970s starring Nicholas Hammond. I mean, I was so into this that I remember there was a TV show in the UK in the 80s called The Adventure Game. It was a bit like the Crystal Maze kind Mm. of thing. And they announced that Nicholas Hammond was going to be a guest on it. I was so excited. I was talking about it all day at school and my friends thought, what the fuck's this guy talking about? And then I got home. But it was Nicholas Hammond, the Rubik's Cube champion, not Nicholas (laughs) Hammond actor. I mean, it makes sense. Why the hell would the actor from the American Spider-Man TV series be on like a children's... TV show game show like yeah. at 3 o'clock it just made no sense but I was really into it and I got my mum to make me a Spider-Man costume she couldn't buy Spider-Man costumes back then yeah. and she literally she got a red balaclava got some red fabric drew the webs on it and then I just had like a red but it was a bit like you know what you see Peter Parker wearing in the um, Tom Holland films yeah. it was like that but even crapper and I just, I wanted... I
2: mean, how cool is your mum for doing but, but, that for but you? It was,
1: but it wasn't enough. I didn't want to pretend to be Spider Man. I wanted to be Spider Man. It's like yeah. Philip will do that. He's like, I want to be Hulk. And like, when well, I get the costume, it's like, no, no, Dad, you don't get it. I want to be Hulk. Yeah. And um, I'm like, but that would—it's actually a terrible burden being the Hulk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, Became
2: a radiation alone.
1: Yeah. So I'd always do it. And I remember that I always remember thinking, Spider mans not realistic because I'd have this balaclava on his you see him, but what happens is like spit accumulates around your mouth and you get like <laughs> this damp patch around your mouth and it's just horror. I mean, we all know from wearing like COVID, like masks, mm. how it's horrible wearing a mask all day, you know. But but anyway, I would, I wanted to be Spider-Man and like I said, it was it was more, it wasn't only to climb walls, it was a secret identity thing that's a tr- yeah. tremendously appealing. And I remember, um, I can't even remember how old I was, probably older than I should have been, but um, I remember my parents' house when I was growing up, has it's got a wood behind it uh, and there's a fence going into their house. So you can I I could if I was playing in the wood, I could come in and I could, you know, if, if my uh, signal my parents and then open the gate and let me in. So I remember one day I ran out into the street as Spider-Man and was like a striking Spider-Man poses, you know, like <laughs> kind of like probably doing you know the hand in front of me and oh, yeah. I was just running around, all my friends were on the street, and then I ran around the back. And like climbed over the fence, and I remember my friends were behind me, and was like, "Oh no, they'll find out my secret identity." So I remember scrambling and panicking to get over the fence, and then I managed to, and I got changed and sort of like you know walked out with like a sandwich, like, "So hey guys, what's going on?" And they're like, "All right, Mike, like cause they obviously use me." I mean, yeah. I came out of my house. It's like, <laughs> I didn't think this through, and um, and I was like. um, I had a rumour that Spider-Man's been around it's just, you know, about all this and they're all just like it was you you, you, you know it was like you, you told us your mom made you a Spider-Man costume like yesterday you know <laughs> but so it's funny seeing that in your kids as well and that there's something I mean he mentions um, Zorro I mean Zorro was one of the original comic book heroes and um, you know, we're going back a hundred years now, like a folk hero, Robin Hood, the myth, the, the legend of Robin Hood. Mm. You know that, that all comes from that. And another one as well that was really big for me growing up was um, the, the. I remember they reprinted them, but the original nineteen thirties um, newspaper serials. You know where they'll have like three panels at the bottom of the newspaper each day mm. um, that would uh, that, of Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. Yeah, you know that they were like. I remember when. Um, you know, after Star Wars, all of these things started getting rebooted. There was like a, you know, Buck Rogers TV series. You know, Buck Rogers in the Twenty Fifth Century. There was the um, incredibly weird um, 1980 Flash Gordon movie as well, which I was really mm. into. So that made me kind of go back and look at all of those. So they were all big ones. But at the same time, I mean, probably the the, the period I was most into comics was the 90s okay, as an adult, and that was when um, DC were doing really good stuff. So there was yeah. stuff like um, Preacher. And um Oh
2: you're a big fan of it. Yeah, yeah,
1: and um and Sandman and Kid Eternity and um Swamp Thing and they're there are all these great darker, sort of more adult comic books coming out. Because the films weren't doing that. And there's also like, you know, all the great modern Batman storylines like The Dark Knight Returns and uh, Uh, The Long Halloween and Arkham Asylum and all of those were really great as well. So I was really into those. But I think as far as just like comic book heroes goes, I think I just don't think you can beat that original run of Spider Man just for fun and ingenuity and just like I remember there was one issue um, of like the original run from the sixties where it just showed you how all of his stuff works. Like you had the the, you had the story. And then there were three or four pages and it was like, hi, kids, I'm Spider-Man. I want to show you how everything works. He's like, "This is my web cartridges. I swapped them like this. And I just remember look, looking at that and I can still, to, to this day, remember every panel of that and just mm. thinking, the fact that they understood that kids would be interested kids in the Kids want to know how minutia, it works. Yeah. Like, like, you look at spider mask and it's like the white sort of, it's like, what is that? Mm. Is that paper? Is it material? And Yeah. Getting in, and all of that was just something that you really kind of fetishize at that age. Mm. And... um but uh, but yeah. Anyway, sorry, long rambling answer. But uh. the other thing, um, whenever I hear the name Silver Surfer,
2: it just reminds me of my favourite shop in that used to be in Palmy, where I Palmerston North, where I where I was born. Um, when I was a teenager, that was the shop that we always used to go to because they did the best sort of funky silver jewellery, um, like mood rings and uh-huh. all that kind of shit that I was into. Um, i'd be in silver surfer every day
1: well the, the funny thing is I mean, that makes sense because i mean the character of silver surfer is um a very kind of um spectral astral um cosmic character oh you know yeah it so, was very so much that kind of show. silver surfer was always the poster boy for um you know the the peace sign on the vw van kind of brigade yep. you know um and uh you know sort of would often, you know, be pondering, you know, the hubris of of mankind, and you know, all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, no, cool. Okay, well, that's it for this week, guys. Thank, thank, you, thank you so much for the
2: email; uh, it was great. really great. I no, really
1: appreciate it, and we uh, we uh,
2: keep them coming.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely, and we'll see you out there on YouTube, uh, Silver sort of Surfer. So, uh, that's it for this week, guys. Anyway, um, I've already done the wrap up, so I think we can get out of here. Yeah, um, and we will see you again very soon with the next episode of Marvel's Agents of Shield season. two.